Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you here on this, uh, what are we in the seventh Sunday now? Yeah, of Epiphany, which is actually also Transfiguration Sunday. A um, couple of quick notes. Uh, we have our Ash Wednesday service this Wednesday at 7 o'clock here at Stony Creek. Uh, we are also inviting um, our friends over at Macon to join us. Um, and for offering on Wednesday night, uh, instead of it just being a normal offering, all of the money we collect will be going towards uh, a group called After the Storm. It is a not-for-profit organization that the Methodist Church founded uh, in response to all of the uh, flooding and stuff we've had happen here at home in Michigan. Um, all of the work they do is in response to natural disaster relief in Michigan. Um, and two United, Meth pa United Methodist pastors um, are on the head of that board, um, including uh, one who is actually uh, DeAndre's godmother. So it is a really good, or good organization. UMCOR uh, funnels money t into them as well to help with things. Uh, so that's what our offering on Ash Wednesday will be going towards uh, to help in relief efforts here at home. Um, I'm trying to think. We probably have some other announcements, don't we? Um, next Sunday will be the third grade Bibles. So they'll be distributed to the children. And then next Sunday will also be the last Sunday we can put our order in for the Easter flowers. You can have the order forms are in the back. There's three different kinds that you can choose from, hyacinth, daffodil, or tulips. And then I think a lot of you were here at lunch with us on Wednesday. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was kind of anemic, but okay. <laughs> uh, um, and we're going to do it again next month. We'll do it on March 15th next month as well. So that's all. Um, also, um, if you had not heard yet, uh, Sue Menzies, who is a member of our congregation, passed away Earlier this month, um, I will be officiating her uh, memorial service at Janowix uh, this, not this Friday. Yeah, this Friday, the 24th. Um, there's a visitation from 4 to 5, and then the service will be at 5 o'clock. So um, if you are able, please stop by. I know it would mean a lot to the family. Um, and her husband, Ron, passed away, um, I believe, in 2018. Um, so it's hasn't been that long, but do we have anything else? Yes. Our midnight board meeting will be Thursday, the 23rd at 6.30. All right, so board of directors meeting Thursday, this Thursday, 6.30. Be there or be square or round, triangle, whatever shape you'd like. Um, Yes. And he said Thursday? Yes. Okay. And as a quick reminder, if you need to make an announcement, go ahead and raise your hand to get the wireless mic because when we make announcements, people on the remote service listening cannot hear our announcements because they can only hear what's on the microphone, so we're trying to do better with that. But I think we heard Dave, that was Thursday for this week on Thursday for the Makeup Board of Directors. Okay, yep. we're just trying to do better with the microphone so that everyone can hear. Absolutely. Anything else for the good of the cause? Once, twice, sold. Awesome. I'm going to turn things over to our praise band. Our songs this morning we're going to be coming out of our black hymnal, The Faith We Sing. So if you've got that, go ahead and grab it. And if you don't, find one and we'll get started. 
Okay, as he said, please find a black hymnal near you in the pew or in the pew in front. And if you can, let's stand together for our first song, Great is the Lord, and then we'll be seated for our second song. But the first one is Great is the Lord, and we'll be singing the same verse twice that uses the word great is. Great is the Lord, which is listed as verses one and two in the faith we sing black hymnal. So let's go ahead and raise the praise together. next song 71 I'm sorry 2172 this will be new to most of you but if it doesn't put a smile on your face I'm not sure what will so we are called
prayer. Almighty God, you make the sun rise on the evil and on the good. Send rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Give us grace to follow your example and show kindness toward friend and enemy that we may live as your children who testify to your all-inclusive love. Amen. Beloved siblings in Christ, let us give as God has so abundantly given to us from our time, our talents, and our tithes. as you are able to join in singing our doxology number 95 in our hymnal. Almighty God, by your grace, accept our offering. Make us joyful in giving that we may grow in likeness to your supreme gift, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. If you would remain standing and join me in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 
Amen. If you would join me in our next hymn, number 2103, again in our black hymnals, The Faith We Sing, we have come at Christ's own bidding. be seated. Now is the time that we lift before God and God's people the things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds as well as those that give us cause for celebration. Do we have any joys and concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? My Uncle Harold who had been been in hospice passed away Tuesday. They don't know when they're going to have the service. I have a joy. Pastor and I visited Jim Potter last week, and you would recognize him if you saw him. He has not changed. Um, He's a little bit his memory, but he'll be 91 next month. 
and he misses everybody here. We probably stayed at least an hour, maybe a little bit longer. But um, he gets around with his walker. He even wanted to get a chair for me so I have, could sit closer because he can't hear that well. But um, I was really surprised at how well he's doing. Um, actually, he was doing better than me f a few seconds because we were naming names, you know, do you remember, do you remember? And I got to Harold Room because <laughs> I said, well, I can remember your mom's name. Um, and I thought, oh, gosh, I just slipped my memory. And I'm like, I don't know, two minutes later, he said, Harold. Then I thought, yeah, good job, Jim. <laughs> so he, he's doing well. He misses everyone. Um, I'm sure he would appreciate cards, but um, he said he would love to be in church, but he just can't do that right now. He's not driving. But just wanted to let you know that he's doing well. And we've, we've actually, we saw Laura Wilson a couple weeks ago, and we were there for over two hours. She was quite the talker, but Virginia Davis, Midge, Bondrich. So we're making our way around, and um, but Jim's doing, he's doing pretty good. He also shared something that I didn't know, that it was, I think it was his great-grandfather who kind of settled the area, and his last name was Willis, which is why it, that area is named Willis. So um, Jim's family has definitely been in the area for ever. Well, it does my heart good to hear that Jim's doing well. Um, just on the way to church today, we saw an ambulance and fire truck pull into a house on Marsh Road. Don't know the don't know what's going on. Doesn't matter. God knows. And just raise the family in prayers, please. Some of you remember the Hogan family who lived at Hitchingham and Merritt Road forever. Uh, Terry, who's just a year older than me, passed away, I think between Christmas and New Year's. It was back in that time frame. Today there is a memorial service for him. And not never any memorial service. A get-together at the Pittsfield Grange Hall, let's put it that way, with a remembrance time. And then at 2.30 you can stay and watch NASCAR Terry style. Whatever that means. He must have been an avid NASCAR fan. So keep the Hogan family in your thoughts. All right. If you would turn to hymn number 420 in your hymnals, Breathe on Me, Breath of God, and we are using verse 3. Yes? 3? Yeah. We'll go with 3. join me in an attitude of prayer 
And if you are so inclined, when you hear me say the words, loving God, I invite you to respond with the words, hear our prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, loving God, hear our prayer. For your church and all the world, loving God, hear our prayer. Make our church secure upon the foundation of Christ and the divisions that rend our communion and bring us to unity of mission for the sake of the gospel. For our pastors, teachers, and ministers, loving God, hear our prayer. Bless the servants of your church. Give them wisdom to lead according to your word and drive from them all self-serving desire. For the world and for its leaders, loving God, hear our prayer. Uphold the leaders of governments for the work of peace. Provoke their hearts to compassion and make them agents of reconciling justice among the people. For our planet Earth, loving God, hear our prayer. Sustain the earth, our home, for the flourishing of all who live upon it. Increase our knowledge of its ecology and make us good stewards of earth's abundance. For the poor and the alien, loving God, hear our prayer. Assist the poor in their need, protect the aliens in their sojourn, and make your church a refuge for those in want. For the sick and those in distress, loving God, hear our prayer. Heal those who are sick in body, mind, or spirit. Comfort them in their pain and restore them to wholeness of life. We especially lift up the home that was passed by this morning with a fire department and ambulance response. And as it was said, God, you know what is needed, and we entrust all there into your hands. For our neighbors, loving God, hear our prayer. Bless those who live in our local community. Strengthen our goodwill and let us dwell in harmony. For all those who are mourning this day, loving God, hear our prayer. Help them to feel the comforting presence of your Holy Spirit. May they know there is no right way to mourn. We all do it in our own time and in our own ways. We especially lift up the family and friends of Uncle Harold and Terry and all others who have passed on to glory, including the Menzies families as they have given Sue back to you. For our enemies, loving God, hear our prayer. Bless those who hate us, give us courage to refuse retaliation, and make us instruments of your reconciling love. These prayers, as well as those we keep quietly upon our hearts and minds this day, we offer through Christ by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Lord, by the power of your Spirit, reveal to us your word, and let us be a holy temple built on Christ, our sure foundation. 
Amen. Good morning. <clears throat> I was thinking it's kind of crazy for me to introduce myself every other week or so because you know me, most of you know me. If you don't know me, raise your hand. I'm Laurel. <laughs> and I probably won't tell you that many more times. I'm just Laurel. The scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, 16 through 21 verse. Christ's return is true. We didn't repeat crafty myths when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Quite the contrary, we witnessed his majesty with our own eyes. We received honor and glory from God the Father. When a voice came to him from the magnificent glory saying, This is my dearly loved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. In addition, we have a most reliable prophetic word, and you would do well to pay attention to it, just as you would do to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Most important, you must know that no prophecy of scripture represents the prophet's own understanding of things because no prophecy ever came by human will. Instead, men and women led by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now if you will um, rise if you're able for our next hymn, it's glorious things of thee are spoken in your usual hymnal number 731.
Our second scripture reading this morning can be found on page 973 in the Bibles and the pews. We are in the 17th chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 9. I will be reading from the Common English Translation, uh, but it should match up pretty close to what you will find in the Bibles and the pews, which is the NIV translation. Six days later, Peter took—or Jesus— Sorry, took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. If you'd please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Living Savior, loving Lord, you came to a world that long expected you, but then did not recognize you when you arrived. The promised Messiah, you were met with pushback, hatred, anger, and fear because you preached about change, a needed change in how we live, how we love, and how we relate to God. And despite all of that, you have never stopped, never given up on us. You continue to push into our lives, to hold fast to our hearts, to walk with us every step of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Please send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds that we might better hear you, more easily trust you, and more readily follow where you lead us. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. God's blessings to you all this morning, and may you always know and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your hearts. As I said earlier, today is the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany, and it is also Transfiguration Sunday. Transfiguration Sunday is when the church celebrates or recognizes when, when Jesus becomes radiance in glory upon a mountain, as we just heard in our reading from Matthew's Gospel. But how does this story really fit into our sermon series, The Gifts That Keep On Giving, where we've been working together to discover the gifts that God offers to us? What gifts do we find offered here, and how can we support one another to boldly and lovingly accept that gift? Well, let's dive in on this final week of our series that brings us into the season of Lent, 
and find out in our focus on the gift of the unpredictable Jesus. Now, I have to admit, there are many times that I feel kind of bad for the disciples. Here's this ragtag group of individuals, some related, some not, who have been brought together by this teacher who who keeps pushing against the social norms and societal expectations and, and really just in general causing trouble. He keeps talking about this coming kingdom, but it's not the kind that they're thinking about. He speaks in parables and he talks about love. He eats with the lowest of the low and, and he agitates the religious leaders and the experts of the law. Jesus was a walking landmine of stress and anxiety for others in many, many ways. And yes, of course, a walking miracle that brought healing and help to many people. Not trying to badmouth Jesus or anything. But the truth is that Jesus was a troublemaker. In today's world, he would probably be labeled with all kinds of tags that are less than kind or loving in their intent. And the disciples, they were, they were just doing the best they could as they followed him and tried to learn from him. These weren't bad guys. I really believe that they were trying and, and wanted to be the best for Jesus that they could be. But I also think that it, it could be hard for them at times. In the same way that it can be hard for any of us sometimes now, to follow Jesus and to live into the teachings that Jesus offers. And he taught a lot, constantly. I admit, I often wonder if the disciples ever looked at Jesus and said, seriously, Jesus, one more thing we have to try to understand? I think if this was all happening today, I feel like the next question from one of them might be, do you need to switch to decaf for a bit? Maybe. When we look at all that happens in these verses, everything that makes total sense for someone to do, the disciples do. Their actions, their words, all expected normal responses to this situation. And then... Then Jesus shifts. The disciples must have been so frustrated. Why not build a home or a shelter or a shrine for these three prophets? Jesus is always teaching lessons about hospitality, right? It seems like building these structures would have been the hospitable and welcoming thing to do, especially for these three, like, top-of-the-heap prophets in all of history. And why not tell everyone what they had just seen? Seems like it'd be a pretty good example of, of why they were following Christ in the first place. Jesus always does this. Something amazing happens, something that would give complete validity to his claim of divinity, and then he tells them not to tell anybody. Come on, what gives? Now, yes, there is a holy moment in the appearance of Moses and Elijah with Jesus. Again, this 
This was proof of the divine nature of Jesus. But the fact that Jesus challenges reactions that seem perfectly understandable should not be overlooked here. All too often, we simply act, or we, I'm sorry, take that back. We all too often act simply because it's what we are supposed to do. We force ourselves to default to the acceptable or accepted reactions that are dictated by society or even familial standards. But I have to ask, I have to question, what if there are things that we have been doing even for generations, maybe even just for a few days, that are simply not what we should be doing? What if, despite our best intentions and meanings, we're doing things that we should not be doing because in doing so, we are either missing something really important and crucial, or even because it causes harm to ourselves or others, or simply even because it's not what God wants us to do? This moment points to the need for all of us to be discerning and open to the ways that Jesus may want us to be a presence of unexpectedness in the world. Now, if that didn't just trigger some anxiety or stress in some of you, I would be shocked. I would be shocked because it stirs some anxiety and stress in me. This idea of being a, a presence of unexpectedness in the world and I know I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm a planner. I like to have my ducks in a row. I like to be organized. And now Jesus wants me to be a presence of unexpectedness in the world? All right, well, how much time do I have to plan that out? I require some time to get organized, to get those ducks, and then get them in the row. Okay? God, you got to give me some time here. This is problematic because we may instinctually move towards an action, but having the discipline and the commitment to think, pray, and discern individually and communally may sometimes point us towards new responses that are beautifully surprising. And this goes far, far beyond simply challenging the idea that we too often do a, or we often do things a certain way because we've always done things in a certain way. Now, I admit, I hate hearing the words, but we've always done it that way. I hate hearing those words in churches, in society, pretty much anywhere. Because those words are saying that we've stopped growing We've stopped creating. We've stopped living. And everything should just always be the same. But that's not how life works. Now, sure, many things do need to change. But how unexpected would it be to discern that maybe not all things need to change? That might sound to be in conflict with what I just said. But notice I didn't say that we should change everything just that we need to be open to consider new things. We need to discern. And for the things that we do believe need to change, what are the unexpected places toward which Jesus is directing us? 
See, this is where we need to plan and discern those things that a planner like me loves to do. Yay for planning. But as we plan and discern, we also need to always be open to the surprises that our faith may introduce. Boo. Boo for surprises. Get that unpredictability out of here. We like to know what's going to happen because we like to feel like we're in control. We love to live into that false reality that we have full control of absolutely everything. And that's because the alternative is terrifying to us. If we're not in control, then who is? If we're not in control, what happens next? So here's the challenge, and and it's not just my challenge to you, but the challenge of this reality and this faith. While we may sometimes react in fear, like the disciples, if we remain open to the ways that Christ surprises us, then maybe, just maybe, we can join in on the unexpected ways that Christ shows himself to the world. If we remain open to the ways that Christ surprises us in in all aspects of our lives and our faith, then perhaps we can work right alongside Christ in helping the world to see and know Christ, both in the expected ways and the unexpected ways. How amazing would that be? How unexpected would that be? I know the unexpected can be scary and stress-inducing. I'm a pastor that serves in an itinerant system where from year to year there is no guarantee that where I am is where I will be the following year. But when God is involved... It can, and I promise you, it can. It can be beautiful. Sometimes we just need to take the chance, take the risk, take the leap, and trust and follow where God is leading us. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 698, God of Ages.
beloved siblings in our Savior, Jesus the Christ, go in the name of Jesus to love friend and enemy, neighbor and stranger, the righteous and the lost. And now may God, the sure foundation, uphold you. May the Spirit, holy wisdom, guide you. May God, perfect love, grant you peace. Amen.